So with that as introduction and his background, also we know something about his background as far as WSI is concerned, 17, 15 years, good background in music, show me state, all those kinds of things. And I've got some questions for him and hopefully Neil, you are ready to go, sir, and give us some good answers. How does that sound? Ready to roll, Mick, and audience, thanks for having me. You bet. I know I gave you a little basic background and some information. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, actually how you got started in digital marketing? Sure, Mick, thanks for that question. Um, I'm, um, I'm a former Circuit City executive that was downsized back uh, uh, nearly 20 years ago and I had to find something to do when I grew up. Uh, and um, I was interested in becoming a business owner. And a, uh, a wise man told me earlier in my career, if you ever get in business for yourself, get into something that has long-term potential. So I thought, well, uh, I like sales, I like marketing, and uh, the internet's not gonna go away um, and only become more prolific in our lives. So maybe I should get into something that happened to do with the internet and I was able to find WSI, uh, Worldwide Digital Marketing Network, and I joined them, and uh, it's been a uh, it's been a great ride in the last 17 years. That sounds awesome. It's uh, kind of like you know the expression "necessity is the mother of invention." Is it sounds like it fits your experience? Yeah. It does, and you know the other one is you know one door closes, another one opens, and I'm glad this one opened for me. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome opportunity. You know, now that you've been in digital marketing for quite a long time, you know, that 15, 17 years or so, there are a lot of things, and I agree, because I've been around and involved in the Internet since 1994. What would you say, and from your perspective, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen throughout your experience? Yeah, well, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I, I say the first thing that has changed a lot is, you know, everybody's got, you know, everybody's got a website, or everybody at least should have a website. Uh, back when I started, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, and, and over that period of time, you know, websites have become um, critical elements for any business. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to have uh, great websites in a variety of different ways. And, you know, you need to think about the website. Uh, you know, back when I started, the website was kind of like an on blind brochure. Today, a website acts as a 24-7-365 salesperson, if you do it right. Uh, that's one thing, uh, websites have become so critical. The second thing is, um, you know, Google, I think, um, if I remember correctly, Google started the year I started into digital marketing. And, um, you know, it was at a time when you could stuff keywords into websites and you'd, you'd come up in the search engines and things like that. Google, over time, has become very... Um, very search-friendly in that they've become very sophisticated about making sure uh, as much as possible uh, that they provide you the most relevant search results when you're Googling something. So uh, search engine optimization has become more important and more difficult because of, um, of the changes Google has made. Uh, the third change I would see, I would say, is social media, you know, um, you know, the emergence of Facebook, the emergence of LinkedIn, Instagram, and some of those other social media platforms that have, uh, that have attracted hundreds of millions of users. Uh, those are tremendous advertising platforms. And online networking of information. So they have emerged as a point of critical presence for companies wanting to 
have a visibility online and wanting to generate leads. And then I guess the uh, I guess the last thing I would mention is the whole emergence more recently of the, uh, what's called marketing automation, uh, the ability to nurture leads through a buying funnel. You know, in a lot of our businesses, particularly in the B two B space, where there's a long sales cycle, uh, being able to nurture that lead from um, high in the high in the sales funnel to low in the sales funnel sales funnel to get ready to buy is a critical element. And so marketing automation has emerged as a tremendous, powerful tool for that lead nurturing process. I see. You just kind of alluded to it. that it, So there have been some changes and significant changes. So if I were a business owner today and you could identify some of those hot growth areas in digital marketing, what would you say are those hot growth areas that, as a business owner, I ought to be looking at? Great question, Nick. Um, first of all, it depends on um, whether you're selling direct to the end consumer or you're selling to another business. You know, uh, so I'll first take the selling direct to the consumer. The <clears throat> the whole uh, the whole opportunity to get first page presence in Google almost immediately by investing in um, pay per click search engine paid search engine marketing is a must for B2C businesses, businesses selling directly to the end consumer. Um, uh, so that's certainly an area to consider. Uh, another area to consider if you're B2C is, is advertising on social media, advertising on Facebook, um, advertising on Instagram. Uh, those are great advertising opportunities because there's so many eyeballs going to, uh, going to Facebook, going to Instagram, and some of those other uh, social media platforms. Um, the, I'm sure everybody, certainly I have been, and I am now, being stalked on the Internet by ads um, promoting things that I've searched about. Right? I was recently looking for a pool table, and I was looking around at pool tables, and all of a sudden, everywhere I go, I see ads for pool tables. So the, the whole ability to remarket through display advertising, um, to pick up people's search search criteria, to pick up their search habits, uh, and then to show them information that helps to promote your products and services that are consistent with their search habits is a huge opportunity for uh, B2C type, type companies. <clears throat> and then, of course, you know, search engine optimization, organic search engine optimization, being able to get positioned on the first page of Google just in the natural results is always a game changer uh, for companies, whether you're B2B or B2C. Now, on the B2B side, there's a whole body of work around um, producing great content. Um, and, and what we encourage our clients to do is think about the questions that, that your, your, customers are, your customers are asking themselves about your products and services. And then write content to answer those specific questions. If you do that, then when somebody's out searching to get answers to those questions, it's likely your content. It could be a video, it could be a blog, it could be an article, it could be any any kind of content will come up in the search engines, and that's how somebody can become aware of you. So on the B2B side, the whole content strategy, um, getting visibility in the search engines is critical. The second thing that's critical, as I said earlier, uh, in, in the B2B space, oftentimes there's long sales cycles. High dollar amounts, long sales cycles, 
And in that kind of environment, you have to have the ability to stay in touch with prospects, people who are interested in maybe doing some research on the products and services you sell, but maybe aren't yet in the buying mode. And, and if they aren't in the buying mode, and we've calculated that only about 8% in the B2B uh, side of the business, only about 8% of the people are in the buying mode at any given time, you can't afford to ignore the other 92%. So you, you, you nurture those other 92% through things like marketing automation, things like HubSpot, SharpSpring, and those kinds of platforms that provide you the ability to, um, to market to them in an automated way based upon their buyer intent, based upon their actions, based upon the extent to which they're engaged in your content. So those would be some of the things I would say. And, you know, for those that are reluctant, let's say I'm a business owner and I've said I've looked at marketing before, I've done traditional marketing, but I'm not really sure about digital marketing space. What would you say a business owner really should consider when they're thinking of digital marketing or they just don't understand it because they haven't used it before? So what would you generally recommend a business yeah. owner consider? Okay, that's a good question. Um, first of all, um, you want to think hard about, um, you know, if you're a business owner, think about your customers and the process your customers go through to research, evaluate, shop, and buy your products and services. So what's their customer journey? What's the process they're using uh, to, to research? And I will tell you, that there are, there are few industries, if any, these days, that don't involve some type of online research. I mean, we all, we all do it. We think we, we think we have a problem in our business that we're trying to solve, or we think we have a, a product or service for our homes or our families we might want to purchase. We're going online first to learn a little bit about it uh, so, we, so we don't get taken advantage of. So we're doing our research, learning about it, and we're doing all that research on time. I mean, my God, the, the, the world's information is at our fingertips. And everybody has, has embraced that. And so we're, we're going online, we're going to Google, we're going to Bing, we're doing our research, we're asking Google questions, and we're learning and, and about how we can solve our problems or how we can deal with the issues we're trying to figure out. And so if you're not online, you're under a rock. I would say, uh, compared to your competition. Now, we also know that, uh, for example, the U.S. Business Administration suggests that companies spend somewhere between 7 to 8% of their gross revenue on marketing. So if you have a company doing a million dollars, 7 to 8% is about seventy dollars to $80,000 a year on marketing. And also, uh, uh, Forrester Research, a big research firm in the U.S., suggests that about 46% of your gross marketing dollars should be on digital because of the emergence of digital, because so many eyeballs are going online. So again, if you're a million dollar company, seven, eight percent, that's mm -hmm. a, let's say $75,000, uh, 46% of that 75,000 is probably around $40,000 that you should be investing a year on digital marketing. So that's what I would, uh, that's, that's the advice I would give business owners is to one, understand the customer journey and realize that their customers are using the internet to research, evaluate, shop, and in some cases buy. And then secondly, you know, look at the economics of your business. Some businesses spend more than 8%, some businesses spend less, 7 to 8% is an average. 
and and determine what makes sense for you to make sure you can compete effectively and grab those customers who are researching online about your products and services. Are there some types of digital marketing expertise that you would say that you or digital marketers offer that's unique? Um, yes. I, I, for, first of all, what I've learned over the last 17 years is, is marketing plans, digital marketing plans, don't work primarily because of two things. One the messaging sucks. So you're saying something to a target market that doesn't resonate with them, that doesn't make them think. And two, you're not measuring effectively. So one of the things that we do that most most people in our space don't take the time to do is to understand the strategy, is to know who the target market is. Because if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. I say that because your messaging is so diluted that it doesn't doesn't resonate with anybody. So understand the, your target market and, and try to be specific about what that is. Understand what problems and what emotions they're experiencing as they try to solve their problems. And and thirdly, understand their customer journey. And and we we spend a significant amount of time upfront with any new client to understand the clarity of their target market the problems they solve and the emotions that their customers experience while solving the, while trying to solve those problems. And third, the customer journey. Because if we understand the target market, we know what messages to send them. And if we understand the customer journey, we know where to put that message online to intersect with their research activity. So it's a, there's a lot of understanding the nuances behind persona and customer journey as a means to make sure the marketing plan is going to work and we're not going to just waste a, company, a, a client's hard on money. Excellent. You know, really appreciate your time, Neil. This is really awesome. And, you know, if someone is thinking of expanding your digital marketing presence, you know, the 1957 Buick Special has turned over, you may hear it in the background, so that means I'm going to be driving some more podcast episodes. But I really appreciate Neil Lappie and all the expertise that he's been able to share with us and the great information. If you need something and some assistance, feel free to get a hold of me, the Doctor of Digital at 619 389 3036 is 3636. Mick, as in Jagger, except he's got more money. Mick.smith at WSIWorld.com. Smash those like buttons, get on the mailing list, and wherever podcasts are free, behold, I'm there. Basically, you just can't hide from me. The Doctor of Digital signing out like cotton candy for your ears. Deus Volt.